Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Blizzard Watch Playing D&D. Uh, I am your host and game master for today, Joe Perez, sometimes known as Loader on the Internet, and I will be bringing you episode two of The Wonders of My Land, Otherworld. Uh, and a brief introduction for everybody today. We're just going to go down the line. Uh, for those that were already here, uh, we'll start with Gim. You introduce yourself and who you're playing, please. Oh, me first? Yeah. Um. I, I, I can't handle that. Um, I'm playing Merzy Dotes, who is a gnome, tinkerer, alchemist, and she has a little dragon on her shoulder, at least it looks like a dragon at the moment, called Tubi. Oh, Tubi. We love Tubi. Tubi's a fan favorite. Uh, next, we have Liz. Who's... Hello, hello. Go ahead. Uh, I'm Liz. I play a changeling rogue named Ron, and uh, I'm pretty sure no one knows she's a changeling yet, except Andrew. Andrew has to know. Oh, yeah. Andrew definitely knows, uh, which then brings us down to Andrew. Hi. Andrew Power is playing uh, Daener. He's a um, Ganassi warlock genie who is in the service of Ron. Uh, he doesn't particularly like being in service. He wants to grant the wish so that he can be free but he's been depowered and cannot grant a wish also ron doesn't particularly like having someone in service to her so they're, but they're kind of stuck together for now all right and then matt i may that, uh, that was uh far less happy than may usually is isn't currently trapped in a hell dimension it's not really a hell dimension, but we can get into that a little bit uh and joining us today after a brief hiatus is Corey. Corey, do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to do it narrative? Oh, do it narratively. Oh, fantastic. So when last we left our intrepid adventurers, they had all received a wonderful golden ticket uh, in the city of Highgate from a mysterious, short, slightly off person uh, who smelled strange, looked strange, acted strange. The tickets were embossed with their names and directions that at the sound of eight bells, they should rip the ticket so that they could gain entry into a wondrous land uh, of adventure and they did so because the reasoning was they knew who they were. This was very clearly a trap. Uh, but if they didn't do it, then they would just come back and have to fight on somebody else's terms. At least here they were prepared and they could take the fight to them. Uh, it was definitely a trap and they were teleported to a carnival. Well, not just any carnival. You see, they weren't actually there as part of the audience, but instead were, were used as part of the entertainment, where they were introduced to a multidimensional, multiplanar grouping of folks and creatures that just wanted to see blood, destruction, and death. And that they did. Uh, well, they faced a very chimera-looking creature uh, to the death, where they all prevailed, and surprisingly, everyone survived. Everybody rejoiced. The crowd went wild. There was plenty of uh, celebration. And then they were teleported out of the arena. They were teleported to what looks like a boardwalk. A carnival in truth, where they look above them and see what can only be called as a weird multiplanar mechanical shell of a, of a sphere. But everything else around them looks like a, well, bog standard carnival. Uh, it's basically the ring right under where Baccarat's management, uh, has been. You have all received the benefits of a long rest, which means all of your spell slots are back. All of your hit points have been returned, uh, and anything else that would happen during a long rest. Well, you get those back as well. Uh, it 
felt like hours to you as far as what has passed since you've gotten here to now, uh, where maybe it's only been 10 minutes or so, uh, but time is weird here. But what you see before you is just a gathering of folks uh, from all different planes of creation, wandering around, eating carnival food, playing carnival games. And one of the first things you see is a dunk booth directly in front of you, uh, except it doesn't look like any normal dunk booth. You see, inside of this well-locked-down cage is a turtle dangling precariously from chains wrapped around their wrists. The tank below them is full of, well, they might be sharks, except they have human legs. So it's kind of like a reverse merman, but with a shark front half. Uh, and they're waiting and circling and... You see people trying to knock this turtle down into that tank. Uh, Corey, what does your character look like? It's your standard turtle. Uh, you get a big, about nine feet tall. No, sorry, that's too. Uh, just big, uh, mottled green with some patches that look a darker, dark green. So dark that you, you're pretty sure no really healthy turtle has ever looked that way. Right. And around the, the top of the shell, you can see little mushroom. Yep. Ah, you are a mushroom, mushroom boy. That's correct. Uh, so that's what you guys see directly in front of you before going any further into the uh, carnival itself. Uh, and you see a little infernal child. It looks like a uh, a smaller barbed devil next to a larger barbed devil is is begging for coin to try to knock the turtle in the tank. Uh, and you see he gets coin from what you would assume is some form of parental figure, and he throws these what look like lead spheres rather poorly, uh, misses five times, and then keeps begging for more money before finally the parental barbed figure says no and walks away. What do you guys do? What is the tank made of? Uh, you're not sure. Uh, it's definitely clear. It looks like it could be some form of glass, uh, but it definitely looks like it's got a metal frame around it, and it looks like the top is encased with a very thick uh, metal uh, bar system. And I assume there's someone like manning the tank. There's like a as you look over shopkeeper you, thing. Yeah, as you look over, you see that behind uh, one of the little stalls, looking incredibly bored, uh, is a small imp uh, in a tuxedo-ish type thing. Not really a tuxedo, but like most of a tuxedo. Uh, basically, as you get closer, you notice that it's like a tuxedo shirt uh, and like looks like black pants that he's just wearing. He seems very, very <laughs> bored. Um, hmm. Bearzy's gonna sidle up next to him. So, you look like you're having fun, and makes air quotes around the fun. Yeah, he looks up from it, from you. Uh, what, are you speaking common? Yeah. Uh, in very heavily accented common, he's, he's living, do what must, yes? Do, um, I speak both abyssal and infernal, do I recognize the, the accent? Oh yeah, it's definitely infernal. How long you been here? Time, not to matter. Place, yeah. So what's the point of this? You give coin, you get five ball, try to knock turtle into tank and watch as things go. You live for an extended period of time, perhaps forever? Uh, I have not tested limits of mortality. Can you die? I would imagine so. I bend down, put myself like as close to him as I can get. Would you like to? Not particularly. I'm making an intimidation check at this point. Go for it. Uh, while he's doing that, like, how many people are around in this area? Easily hundreds, thousands, maybe. 23. 
Alright, let's see what I get on a wisdom saving throw. Plus what? Uh, he seems definitely shaken by it. I just work here. I, I don't make Open the rules. Open the cage. If I do that, I die anyway. Okay, then. You can die right now, or you can run and hide somewhere. I don't think you understand how this works. I don't care. Then I guess you Let kill me. Him out. Okay, I'm gonna kill him. Go ahead. Roll the attack. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna... If you want to do something, do it now, because I am attacking him. So, I'm not uh, leaving this guy locked in a cage to be eaten by sharks. Wait, hang on. I got uh, levitate. Is there a way to levitate um, the turtle? And then... I mean, you could definitely try to levitate him. He won't fall, but uh, right. the cage is then, it's pretty sealed. It's like it's enclosed. Oh, so it's not like one of those where he's like sitting up on... No, he's dangling something. from the top of the, the, the cage from a set of chains. Locked in a... In- bars too yeah that's why i didn't but just like, try to get him out but like when you hit him something would have to let him go so he would drop yes but the, all you'd be doing was sustaining him yep you wouldn't be getting him out of danger he'd still be floating there until your levitate wore off and also what's your levitate's weight range portals are heavy they are very heavy it's a good question um so the levitate spell has a weight up to 500 pounds oh yeah that would work. and it has a duration of about 10 minutes right so basically he'd be hanging there for 10 minutes yeah, no, I was thinking we could lift him out of a dunk tank, but... Well, while this is happening, could Ran go over and inspect the cage, like, go over stealthily? Uh, yeah, go ahead and make a stealth check. Well, there, there's somebody, is somebody stopping me from attacking him? Like, no one has actually done anything to indicate nope, that they're stopping I backed up! Nope, Ran does not care. Portal. <laughs> okay, then I'm, I'm doing it. Go for it. That is the wrong dice to roll. I'm just going to use real dice, because otherwise I have to remember commands 12 plus 10, so 22 on stealth. Yeah, no, nobody sees you. Everybody's at a disadvantage right now because there's a large commotion. You do see people stop and start to notice the uh, aggressive. Uh, that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll some damage. Okay, I'm not using my scythe. I know you're <clears> not because you said you were holding them. Yep. So this is claws. Sorry, I have to actually clear it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, he takes eight points of slashing damage. Uh, definitely hurts. Uh, let's see how he's going to react to that. Uh, two things happen. Uh, one, I need you to make an agility check. Check or saving throw? Uh, saving throw, please. 22. Okay. Uh, he rolled a 24, so he gets out of your grip and immediately disappears. He has turned himself invisible. What do you guys do? Well, uh, if we're in the market... The lock over here. If we're in the market to save the turtle, then that's what we have to do. Okay, I'm. I'm I actually had an extra attack on him, by the way. Oh, do you? Yeah, I had two attacks around, so he would have been able to have done that before I got to attack him again. I mean, you could definitely try to attack him again. I would argue that grabbing him constitutes as an attack. Since I did that before, we you told me to roll an attack. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack again then before he turns invisible. Um, actually, going to use my bonus action first. Okay. Uh, I'm using daunting roar. Okay. So he needs to make a DC 15 wisdom save. Uh, that is a natural 20, so he's fine. Okay. Are we we are, are we affected by his roar? No. Nope. Okay. It's her roar. Hey, what's going on with your second attack there? I'm looking at some stuff. All right, well, while he's... I'm not going to attack again. Okay. I'm going to... I can't do it because it's an attack action, so I can't hold it. Because I've already used one. Correct. So I'll just... Since it escaped my grip anyway, I'll just let it go. 
Okay. Maybe it's probably either it's going to attack again, or it's going to... Uh, it never attacked you. Yeah, I know. But either it's going to attack me back, or it's going to run away and get somebody else. So. Okay. Well, while that's happening, uh, you were inspecting the lock, you said, Ron? I roll something for that? Well, I'm, I was asking if you were. Cause... Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it looks like a pretty bog-standard lock. Uh, definitely... Uh, not magical in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just big and bulky. Uh, you're pretty sure you could pop the lock off the side of it. I'm going to try to pop the lock, see if I can get him out of there. Okay, so... What, this isn't going to, like, drop him into the water if I open no, it up. No, not that, not that you can see. I've, okay. I've got Levitate ready. He he drops, he's floating. Okay, uh, so it'll be a sleight of hand check, uh, and you get to add uh, plus two because of these tools. Let's see, that's an 11 plus seven... Oh, 18, 19, 20. Oh, yeah, the lock pops right open. Uh, it's a little rusty. It, it sticks a little bit, uh, but then it pops open, and yeah, you have the door open. It's uh, large enough for pretty much any of you to, to crawl in there if you really need to. Uh, it does hang right over the uh, the tank, though. That doesn't look like there's a walkway or anything. I've also got fly, yeah, how... so I can make anyone fly up who needs to get to him. How big is it? Like, how far across is it? Uh, it's fairly big. It's probably about a 10 by 10 uh, tank. How many sharks um, are in it? Uh, only two. <laughs> big deal. Uh, so he's chained at the top of the cage. Correct. How how far above me is that? Uh, not too f- terribly far. So if he's hanging just above the, the water line, probably about 15 feet up. Uh, and Corey, you see all this far? happening around you. You see a as you're dangling there, you're conscious. Uh, you see a giant lion-type person uh, try to murder the imp that had been running this booth. Uh, you see a small... Are you presenting as a halfling still? Yes. Uh, you see a small halfling uh, pop the side of the cage open uh, and is starting to look at your chains. Hey, you, you want to get out of here, right? And does pushing the thing that they throw the balls at release the chains? Uh, you would imagine so. Okay, then I'm ready to... Levitate and push the button. Okay. As Are you going to warn anyone before you do this? That is a very... Uh, I was just going to say, do you warn anybody or do you just go and do it? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not... I, I'm asking Ron for permission first. Remember, I'm still in her service, so... And then, also, I don't think fly is a concentration. Is... Uh, I don't It know. is. Okay. Yep. No, so I can only either use fly or levitate. I can't use both. They're both concentration. Well, if he's levitating, I could, like, maybe reach out and grab him, or he could grab the cage bars and pull him off. Is that a thing you can do while levitating? Yeah, you can move yourself around while levitating, as long as you can grab onto something, or you can move something. Have we attracted a group of people watching us? Oh, yeah, no, the people have stopped, and they're definitely watching everything that's going on right now. Nobody seems to want to be in- interfering, uh, and you see, like, again, devils and, and celestial beings and... Uh, regular uh, land folks uh, from the material plane are all just kind of looking at what's going on and just kind of like, oh, is this part of the show? Hey, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, watch as we attempt to free the turtle without him dropping into the water. Make me a performance check, Mirzy. It just occurred to me that this doesn't have to be as complicated as multiple fly spells. That is that is I, very correct. I'm going to grow <laughs> to my my giant size and reach in the cage and grab hold of the turtle. All right. I'm still levitating him just to be safe and hitting the button. And when that happens, if the chains drop, I pull him out. Okay. 
Yeah, you guys can do that, no problem. Uh, Gim, for whatever reason, it does not look like the virtual dice spot likes you today. It does not. I will have to go get my bag in a little bit. Let's let get. You can use the character, the dice roller on your character. On D and D, beyond, yeah. Just tell me what it is. Literally, just click whatever you're trying to do. Like you have, you're using performance. Yeah. Yeah. You just look on your character sheet. There should be a number in a box. Just click it. I got a three. <laughs> Uh, you are not very good as a carnival barker. Uh, people seem to be more interested in the... Ooh, it pops up on my screen. Look at that. I like D&D Beyond. Thank you, D&D Beyond. We could probably just use that instead for dice. Goodness. It pops up on my screen. Yeah, that's real easy. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I rolled a one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as you, are, as you are making uh, your attempt at being the carnival barker, you're trying to do your best Baccarat uh, impression. Uh, nobody seems to really care. Uh, it might be the fact that you're very too small or the fact that there is a gigantic lion behind you <laughs> that people are more interested in paying attention to, uh, as, uh, Corey, your character sees a, the, the lion person grow, uh, to an extreme size. You see a blue person push the ball, uh, the button, uh, to release your chains and the lion grabs you before you can fall into the, the water. And for cinematic effect, as you're pulled out of the cage, uh, couple of the uh the two of the sharks uh jump up and nip at your feet and then just go back to swimming in their tank because their life is pain and their existence is miserable and this is all they have uh but yeah you are now in the hands of a gigantic lion person my friends told me somebody would come along and rescue me eventually i wasn't too worried about the sharks though. they were pretty so they weren't going to eat you no nah, no nah, just wait a... around to be rescued <laughs> Yeah, you actually had a really nice conversation with the sharks at one point in time. Uh, Larry and Steve, they've been married for a long time. They just they lost the bet just like you did uh, and got stuck in there that that role. So, yeah, now what do you guys do? You're free from the chains. All of your stuff is hanging behind the uh, the small little counter there. So you have all of your accoutrement. And I should remind you that after the events of the last uh, of the arena battle, uh, you did also get uh, a giant coin emblazoned with a, uh, a grinning face. Uh, it seems like it's sort of a payment. And as you guys look around, no perception checks needed. It does look like this is something that is used at the various booths that are around. Okay, so I asked the, um, the turtle, were you working here willingly, or were you a prisoner? Ah, it's a little bit of column A. It's a little bit of column. I made a bad bet. If I didn't do this, they were going to put me in a much worse tank, you know. You gotta do what you gotta do. Okay. Um, worse tank than sharks. Oh yeah, yeah. They um, it's got the fire, and if they hit the target, the fire comes up and it burns a little bit. They call it the hot foot tank. Yeah, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound better. I'm not sure, but mm, they both sound pretty bad to me. They definitely do not sound good. Is anybody coming? No. Everybody, after you freed the turtle, like the crowd disperses and seems to go about their business. Well, it's a 12 on perception, if that helps. Yeah, nobody's coming. They, they, most people seem to think that this is just part of the show. Hmm, that seemed awfully easy. I'm hungry! <laughs> Marzi exclaims at the top of her lungs. Uh, so, are you guys moving throughout the carnival with your with your new friend, or what are you doing? Are you sitting here? Well, I'm currently 15 feet tall. Um, you are not you are not the tallest thing wandering around here. You definitely see frost giants uh, yeah. about your size. Like they, you are not the largest thing here. Yeah, I've seen giants before. I'm just saying I'm currently that big, and it's it lasts for a minute. So 
Yeah, nobody seems to to mind, and it doesn't seem like it's going to interfere with everything or anything. This seems pretty open. Uh, but I just want to know: are, are you guys wandering around and taking stock, or are you? I am continuously looking around, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, no other shoe drops. I don't want to. I don't want to stick around at the scene of the crime. That is fair. So there's a couple things that stick out. Uh, Corey, are you going to tag along with them, or are you guys going to invite him along? I haven't put him down yet. Oh, you're just still carrying him. <laughs> I didn't. No one said anything. All right, you're still in the hands of the giant lion. You want me to put you down? Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Okay. Okay. I, I just let go of him because he's he's supposedly levitating. Okay. There's like winds like surrounding him. That's why he's levitating. So I'll drop. Uh, once he hits the ground, I'll drop the winds. Okay. Yeah, you're you're gently uh, brushed to the ground, uh, borne on a very very nice uh, cushiony wind flow. But yeah, uh, from May, from your perspective, you see it looks like generic carnival booths. You see ring tosses, ball throws. I've never seen anything like this ever. Like, this is all completely new to me. I've never been to a carnival. They don't have carnivals where you're nomadically wandering around like the giant infested wastelands of the north. So I'm like, I don't understand why there are people here or what they're doing. Occasionally I see food on a stick. At least that makes sense. And there's definitely food on a stick. So you guys notice that uh, May is really uncomfortable. The rest of you have seen carnivals before. Uh, You've seen, you know, celebrations with wandering booths and things like that. that It's not uncommon. Uh, As a matter of fact, Highgate has one every year to celebrate the founding of the city. Uh, so it's not unusual, at least from your perspective. Um, but May seems incredibly on it. Anybody saying, doing anything? Can I smell the food booze? Oh, yeah, from a mile away. <laughs> Actually, one uh, one perks uh, keeps your interest right away. It's called Lovely Meals Canteen. Uh, and it looks like it's a small canteen. Looks like it's made almost like out of pseudo adobo. Uh, it's got like that, that weird, uh, not quite Midwest vibe going for it. Uh, but that one definitely catches your attention. It looks like it's got uh, a pretty bustling business, and it definitely smells the best. So, is that where you're gonna? Is, is Mirrorsy just gonna wander off towards there? Um, um. Remember, you guys are in the driver's seat. Y'all need to be vocal. You got to tell me what you're doing. I want what is your a corn name? dog. Yeah. I haven't had a corn dog in ages. Yes, but I'd like to know this person's name first. It's kind of impolite not to speak to them directly. What's your name, sir yeah, or madam? Know. My name's Yordle. Yordle Latour. <laughs> Yordle. It. I am Mayhin Lu. Thanks for picking me up. You might want to wash your hands. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, as you as he says that, you notice on your hands like some mushrooms are starting to sprout a little bit from where you were touching his uh, his shell. They okay. don't hurt. Since I will brush them off as best I can, since I can't clean myself in the customary manner, since that would not be wise. You can shake them off. They fall off pretty easily. They didn't take root. Uh, you guys notice that Merzi is starting to be like a comic book character and like floating toward, like through the air following the stink lines <laughs> of uh, the food smell towards uh, the canteen. Turns around, points, food! Food! See, remember, don't just, don't just, you can't just put anything in your mouth. You have to, you have to make decisions here. You can't just. Well, I'm not going to pick up everything and eat it. Just the stuff that looks edible. I have a mushroom. Looking edible is a good start. I hand her a mushroom. <laughs> this mushroom does not smell good. <laughs> oh yeah, you won't, you don't want to eat that one. You'll uh, you'll see things. <laughs> Doesn't she see things now? How does she get around? <laughs> Are you scent based? I wasn't aware of that. No. Well, well, 
everything. I'm going to take this and put it in my jacket. And she opens up her jacket, and you see that the inside is lined with the same kind of pockets that are on the outside. She pops open a pocket and sticks the mushroom inside the pocket and closes it. This could prove to be helpful. We are in an extraordinary amount of danger. Really? Uh, the person thing that was officiating at that fight is one of the wrong ones. They look like my people, but they are not my people. They come from elsewhere. Wrong, wrong one? What's a wrong one? Did you look at his hands? I don't believe no. anybody but you did last game session. Yeah. I, I'll just be upfront. I'm making the assumption that my character as a Leonid would be somewhat aware of them because it's oh, like... Yeah. You know, they look like us, but they're not us. Yeah, you 100%. You you know that it's not it's not a Leonin, it's not a Tabaxi. You know exactly what... Well, at least you know what his know present, presentation is. Yeah. yeah. The things, they come from elsewhere. We don't know where. Um, obviously, they might come from here, for all I know. But whatever this is... And I'm looking around the whole time. Like, I'm continuously scanning about. Uh, but they their hands are backwards, the palms are on the outside, and they fingers flex away from it. It's it's quite disturbing if you look at them. Um, they smell mm. wrong. They're not us. They're not. They're not the the other cats. The and they're not us. The other cats are our cousins. We don't always get along with them, but we're their family. We get them. Uh, these these are not. They're not right. And they're notorious uh, for both cruelty and cunning. So whatever this one is planning, it will not be easily balked from it. Well, we knew this was a trap coming into it. Now we need to figure out how to get out of the trap. Uh, Yordle, you actually know uh, uh, a little bit about this because, well, you have been here a little bit and you happen to be one of the folks that failed uh, the trials when you were brought in. But the only way out is through. You have to complete the entertainment. You succeed. You Basically, what you understand is you get granted essentially a wish from a god. And, uh, Diener, you have heard similar rumblings, which is why your former master was exceptionally interested in trying to find this place. And I assume I share that with the group. That's up to you if you share it with the group. If I know that, then I would at least share it with Ron. So roleplay doing that. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, so then I tell her uh, about at least the history with wishes and him trying to get back to that point and others that can grant it say uh, uh, hearing about this place that I've never been able to get in or even help others to get in but that trying to get up to the person in charge of here and uh, that grants others the wish and that I've heard that those who have made it through and spent a long time here performing uh, have reached the end and granted a wish although i'm afraid that their wish has always just been to get out of here uh why don't you make me a wisdom check just a raw wisdom check uh diener Ooh. 15 a thought occurs to you if this is actually all true and it seems like most of what you've heard has been proving pretty valid here you might actually be able to be unbound if the being that presides over this place is as powerful as your master would believe, or as the rumors would would have you believe, you could no longer be locked into servitude. And at this point, I think Merzi just kind of wanders off towards the cantina while everybody's kind of sitting around. I'm looking for a corn dog. 
So as you, it, it, well, what, what is a what a dog made out of corn? What what are you talking about? At, at this point, corn she's far enough away from you guys. She's about 10, 15 feet away and just heading towards the candy. I'm assuming I shrank down at this point. It yeah, be it's long been long enough. enough. Down yeah. to seven feet. Ron's kind of been keeping an eye out around us, and I, if Marcy's wandering out, she's going to follow her, kind of like you know a mother hen trying to. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, nobody's uh, maybe nobody's... more like a sheepdog trying to herd her in the right direction. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. Uh, but as you walk through the doors, Merzi, and anybody who follows you will see, uh, the inside is much larger than the outside. Uh, as you walk in, it looks like an old cafeteria-style place. Uh, tons of booths and tables strewn about, uh, and it looks like almost like a delicatessen-style counter uh, with curved glass and different delicacies uh, behind there and a large, almost like hibachi-style grill. Uh, running the grill is what looks like a rather uh, thin, red-skinned tiefling uh, who's moving very, very quickly with skilled chef hands. Uh, and you see that there is a menu on, on hanging right above the station where everything is free. Uh, it looks like there's corn dogs, hamburgers, all the normal carnival fare. Uh, it looks like there's more intricate meals. The only thing that has any sort of price is one item that says special meal, one God coin. That's the coin that we were given. You have no idea, but you would assume so. I just want a corn dog. Excuse me. Oh yes. Hi. Hello. Oh, you're the new entertainers. Hi. Welcome. What can I get you? Uh, I'm Tatavana. This is Ron my is nice little place. Kind of, Ron is behind her kind of scowling at the mention of the new entertainment. I, I want a corn dog. Oh, absolutely. How many do you want? One? Seven? I don't know how much you people eat. Yeah, just a couple or five. Well, you know, one for each hand. I can do and that. You, and would you, you have any coal? Coal? Like, the stuff you burn inside of the fire? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I have a grill. I, do, I mean, are you looking for one that's, like, burning? Or, like, are you looking... I, I need, I need like, two or three pieces. Uh, I mean, I guess that's okay. Uh, one moment. And she, like, reaches down and you, she fries you up a couple corn dogs. And then, like, gives it to you one of those, like, red and white cardboard uh, things. And it's two corn dogs and then wrapped in paper. And then on the other side are three unburned pieces of charcoal. Uh, and she was like, I, 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 odd request, but again, I don't know what you people eat. So here you go. And I'm going to give one of the pieces of charcoal to Tubi. Go ahead. Tubi downs it. And she goes, oh, well, isn't that cute? Well, you enjoy. And if you need anything else, you just come talk to old Tatiana here. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And I turn around. Oh, Hi, Ron. I didn't know you were back there. And as you're doing this, you see that the, the tiefling is moving and serving other folks around the counter and, and handing them. You do see somebody hands um, one of those coins that you guys have to Tatiana. And she perks up, smiles, disappears into the back and comes back with what looks like just an open face turkey sandwich with gravy poured all over it and uh what looks like fried potatoes uh and a big steaming pile of corn and this person looks so happy uh and they walk over to a table and they start eating and at some part way through consuming the meal 
they're just overcome with like powerful emotion and they start crying uh but it's like happy tears you can see that they're like really enjoying themselves and they finish the meal and they're glowing like just radiant light is coming off of their personage and then they wander out off the, out of the uh the cantina. Well, you don't see that from a turkey sandwich usually. Ooh. Look what I got! I got corn dogs! I can see that. Those are not I dogs would... made out of corn. <laughs> They're also not dogs that would hunt corn. Your food is a lie. It'd be dog meat inside of it. It doesn't still wouldn't be a corn dog. And, and you, it dog meat. There's no you, corn involved. You hear Tatiana yell over from the counter, It's not dog meat, it's pork! <laughs> Uh, Ron would like to go up and ask what a special meal is. And uh, Tatiana kind of conspiratorially leans forward. Well, it's a special meal that uh, brings out your inner radiance. It's one of my specialties. That's why I've been brought here to work. Inner radiance? Your inner radiance, yeah. Takes all that good stuff you have inside of you and lets you tap into it. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh. Ron is looking really dubious about this. Well, I, you you were brought here to compete. Uh, I mean, that means that you're in the arenas and 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 being the entertainment. Well, sometimes, and she kind of leans forward. You see, the rest of us, we we want you to win. If you win, that means anybody can. Means the rest of us can get the hell out of here. So some of us have little ways of of helping you out a little. And then she speaks back up. That's what the special meal is all about. A little bit of extra oomph in your step. Mm hmm. Uh, chomp. Me. <laughs> Maybe I'll just stick with the corn dogs for now. Well, that's your that's your choice, and I respect that. How many do you want? Uh, how many of us are there? I'll get one for everyone. I am not eating that. Well, I'm going to get you one and hand it to you anyway. And she just looks at everybody else in the group. Anybody else want anything special? I mean, we got pretty much everything that exists on every plane. So, I mean, if you, you want it, we got it. You said the food was, like, a little bit out and about, right? We could see all the different food. Oh, a good chunk of it. Like, it, as you look closer at the case, it looks like um, there must be some form of illusionary magic here because uh, things sort of rotate in and out. Uh, so as you're looking at it, it almost seems like it shifts to things that you would like. Um, so whatever your food preferences are, that's what looks like it's in the case. I was just worried about it growing things. It does not appear so. All right. So is everybody just going to grab some food except for May? I'm just eating the corn dogs that Ron gets. They are very good. Uh, they do not taste uh, that soggy, soppy mess that corn dogs usually taste. These are almost like, for lack of a better term, artisanal, uh, wrapped in very fine cornbread, uh, fried perfectly, cooked all the way through. Uh, tastes like it's premium cut uh, a sausage link inside of it instead of just like a trash hot dog. It's very, very good. Anybody else? It's the best corn dog I have ever eaten. I hand her the one she handed me, then. I'm pretty certain this is the first corn dog. I do not trust this dog of corn, and I'm not ingesting it. (laughs) Ron is, like, trying to explain, well, it's a piece of sausage, and it's wrapped in, like, this corn batter, and then it's all fried, and I guess guess it's not quite your thing. Ron is, like, remembering last session we talked about the cooked meat thing and how... hmm. Indeed. I'm sure if you... I'm sure First off, I don't know why you would take have... meat and do something like this to it, and then you would make it like it, no, no. That's this is this is too much. This is too much. Mersey pockets the other two pieces of coal, 
picks up one corn dog in each hand and happily wanders out of the restaurant oh, no. munching. <laughs> All right. So we're going full weekend at Bernie's here with Marzi. Uh So, yeah, she just gets up and wanders out eating. Like you can see her taking a bite from one I'm corn dog. I'm going to actually snatch her up off the ground before she gets very far. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, come on. You, Please stop this doing is, this. this. We need to place, stay in a group. This place is weird. Yes, but we still need to stay in a group. Because they're going do to keep you making think, a fight. Do you think this is all a delusion? Um, no. No. I- illusion? Um, no. I think that we will be killed if we do not stand together. Did you hear what she said? Yes. That's why I think that we'll be killed if we don't stay together. Because the people who run this place have a vested interest in us not winning. And they run the place. So if they can't beat us in the ring, they will have us killed some other way. Stay close to us. And then put her back down. Assuming she's just going to wander off, but at least I tried. No, I think I'm going to stay next to you for a little while. But I want to talk to some of the shopkeepers. She can't... She said... You heard what she said. She said that they have a vestibule yes, interest. Yes, perhaps don't repeat it. Oh, in... I don't, I don't think she meant that for everyone. Yeah, nobody seems to be paying you any mind while you're sitting here talking. There's plenty of conversation happening around you. Uh, you do see odd creatures talking with others. You you see what looks like a uh, zombie esque person sitting and having a uh, roaring co- laughter generating conversation with what looks like a, a deep dwarf um, as they're sitting and eating. Looks like the dwarf's eating some form of like stew grog type and grog type situation. Uh, it looks like the zombie is eating a chilled bowl of monkey brains or or brains of some type you hope they're not human um but yeah so if you guys are you guys gonna wander out of here are you sticking around here what are you guys doing um i ron definitely wants to explore and kind of look around and get her bearings okay uh does anybody have any objection to that or are you guys gonna head out nope he's not safer here i want to look around okay uh you guys wander uh may very cautiously uh, around this area, and it looks like a, a almost like a ring uh, boardwalk type area where it does sort of circle around itself. Uh, it's almost like a ring orbiting that center metallic arena type area. Uh, there are a couple things that do stand out to you, at least of points of interest. Uh, it does look like there is a strength tester, one of those uh, things that you smash the hammer down and the, the weight goes up. It looks like there is a gigantic Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it looks like it, just like the TV show, uh, Wheel of Fortune, with it's like flat and you can pay in and you spin and you get whatever it gives you. Uh, it looks like there is a fortune teller's tent, a crossbow shooting range, uh, and what is listed as Dr. LaRoe's Magnificent Menagerie. Everything else are standard carnival games uh, vendors that sell the same crap at, ex- at like high prices as they can. So not like any interesting or unique vendors? Nope. Just the, like wrist crap? Yeah. Like legitimately, it looks like just your bog standard carnival otherwise. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, you've been wandering for maybe 20, 30 minutes. You've made a complete circuit of the ring. Nobody's tried to attack you. Nobody's come out swinging nobody it looks like it's just a group of people milling about would you like to go to any of the other booths or any of the items of interest that have been pointed out ron wants to go see the fortune teller okay do you tell it do you tell it to the group okay 
yeah, I mean, hmm. Okay. Uh, you just going to go over here. <laughs> you make your way over to the tent, uh, and it looks like it's one of those that you would find in the middle of a desert. Uh, thick, which is almost seems counterintuitive, but to keep the heat out. Um, and as you walk in, you are assaulted by the rich scent of spices and incense uh, from lands that you are not familiar with. In the center of the tent, uh, surrounded by plush pillows uh, and carpeting uh, and sort of that low-light, stereotypical, like, mall fortune teller setup, uh, is a snake folk female. Uh, out of uh, just reflex, uh, I kind of tap her and cast Guidance just to give her an extra d4 on saving throws just he feels uneasy as he walks in and sure yeah what do i get like a feel of this place does this feel like a scam or someone you haven't well you haven't talked with her yet but it seems like this is a lot of pageantry uh it's pretty much on par with a lot of the places that you've seen in in other traveling carnivals where the person is just, you know, they're fake and they're just doing it for the laughs. Uh, but she perks up as you walk into the tent. Hello. Oh, you, the champions, have graced the tent of Sharkadisa. Welcome. Please come in. Come in. Make yourself comfortable. Would you like tea? Okay. Ron is kind of thinking, okay, we're going to figure out what their, what their game is. Okay. Uh, she looks at all of you. Are you here to have your fortunes told? I'm very curious as to what you think our fortunes are, yes. Oh, do you doubt me? Do you doubt my ability to prognosticate? I, I do not I do not know you well enough to doubt you. Ah, and well I then... I don't know you well enough to believe you. Then allow me to prove it, yes? And you see her eyes okay. uh, sort of like flick back into her head almost and uh, what was very human looking eyes come back down to uh, slitted serpent's eyes and she stares at you. Um, you don't feel anything. Like there's no obvious effects. You've been targeted by spells before. Uh, you know what that feels like. This is not it. It's almost like she's looking through you. Ah, yes. You. A... Uh, person of many facets shall we say you are looking for a fresh start your path and your past was bloody much bloodier than you realize you were woken up by truth someone you did not expect who nurtured you took you under their wing gave you safe harbor and let you become more you and less a weapon and she swings her gaze over to dinar Oh, you have lived a thousand lifetimes, haven't you? You've served tyrants and goodness, never of your own free will. And that's what you crave the most, isn't it? Yes, I see it. You don't know what to do with yourself when you're not told to do something. And she looks back at Ron. She confuses you, doesn't she? She asks nothing of you, and you don't know how to do anything with that. She looks over at Merzy. Oh, you, well, I don't need to do anything special. You just like blowing things up. I can see the wisps of smoke in your past, but I don't believe you understand how special your friend Tubi really is. And she looks over at, y uh, at uh, Yordle. You are a mystery. You walk the path of life and death. You serve the cycle. You are an oddity, an outcast of your own people who embrace nothing but life. And that is what brought you here, isn't it? Interesting. And then she looks at May. You want to kill me. That is evident. I mean, don't take it personally. None. You are a cat. I am a snake. This is nature. 
but your family is large, as is most of your people's. As is your uh, inclination to wander, you have not chosen your path yet. Of course I haven't. I'm like, I'm 14 years old. Which is odd. Most of your age group, most of your people have by then. They know whether they lead family or lead adventure. You have not decided. And she... 14, 14 is not old. No. I, I fold my arms around my um, over my chest and look a little sulky. Yeah, and she and her eyes flip back to the human one, and she like staggers a little bit. Whew, ha, I am sorry about that, my friends. Yes, uh, but uh, hopefully, I say things that mean something to you. Yeah. Ron nods, kind of slowly, thinking this over. Well, the decision is yours. If you wish to have your fates read, I charge one gold, one god coin. Uh, Ron will pull out her coin and say, "Is one of these?" Ah, uh, yes. Did coin- we all get one, or did we only get one? All of you had gotten one, each of you individually. Okay. Yes, it was one of those, the currency of the grinning god, yes. I think yes, I'd like to know my fortune. All right, just to be safe, he taps her again to refresh. <laughs> he's, he's not feeling <laughs> safe here. Okay. Andrew, you know you know, she has guidance of her own. <laughs> yeah, but his, it's his job to protect her. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing into his character, it's exactly what he would do. Uh, so do you walk forward and put the coin down? Yes. Ah, excellent. We shall begin then, yes? She waves her hand over the table. The coin disappears. And it's almost like the rest of the room fades away. The sounds of the carnival drift off. Uh, the scents of the scent uh, of the tent sort of coalesce into uh, almost like an indecipherable wall of scent around you. Um, you don't disappear from everybody's sight, but you two are definitely locked in eye contact. And her eyes roll back. And she seems like she's talking only to you. Nobody else hears this but you. In the future, you will face many foes who lurk below. Look above for the answer you seek to end your event successfully. And her eyes fade back and every the room sort of folds back into this. Ron is like staring at her very intently. That is what the, the spirits say. Who, who are these spirits that say these things? Oh, we are awash in the astral sea, child. They're everywhere. Spirits what? Oh, friends, creatures, gods. All things filter through. Are they all truthful spirits? The ones I broker with, yes. Mm-hmm. Lying serves no purpose. And she looks to the rest of oh. you. Anybody else? I get all the fortune wisdom I need from my friend. Well, she looks at you. You don't have coin anyway. <laughs> I take my coin out. Well, I was going to offer to pay for his, but never mind. And I walk out. As expected. Lots of anger. Does not realize it yet. Oh, I'm fully aware of it! <laughs> she just kind of chuckles. Uh, looks to the rest of you. Anyone else? Are you happy here? Are any of us truly ever happy? Well, you are. That is all to say that I feel not comfortable enough to answer you. We were wondering That's if we need what to I thought. Well, I'm that... going to go follow her. And what did you say, Andrew? We were wondering if we needed to free you from this carnival as well. All of us will be free in time. My time will come. I have seen it. You are not. You are not that which holds my key. All right. So May has gone out of the uh, the tent. Uh, Mayorzy has followed her out. Anybody else sticking around? Ron will say, "I thank you for your advice," and head out of the tent. And she just sort of nods at you as you leave. And I'm going to assume that Dinar follows with her. Correct. Yep. Which just leaves Yordle. Do you follow this group that saved you, or? Yeah, I think I will. Okay. All right, so we have one coin spent, four, uh, three coins remain, 
And there are still a few other places. There's the Wheel of Fortune, the Strength Tester, uh, the Crossbow Shoot, and the uh, Menagerie. So what was in the Menagerie? You didn't go in, so you don't know. It just it just has a sign it, above it that says uh, Dr. LaRose Magnificent Menagerie. If Ron sees Denier like glancing at the menagerie, she'll um she'll ask, Do would you like to see what's in the menagerie? He looks, he says, it does look curious. And that's that's basically as enthusiastic as a of a yes as we're likely to get from him. So I'll look back at the group and say menagerie? You know, kind of point at it. I mean, uh, okay. Oh. All right. If you guys make your way over there, th- this does not require any special coin, uh, but you do walk through the open uh, gateway. It looks like it has like a curtain hanging through. You walk past it, and what you see are, it's like a zoo. Tons of cages and tanks line all of the walkway with various creatures that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't before. Uh, you can wander through here, and it looks like they're all from the material plane, uh, and they all seem to be slightly doped up. Uh, they all seem a little more docile than you would expect. Uh, all right, then I'm going to cast uh, Speak with Animals. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know, one that seems more... Uh, Familiar. I'm not sure what kind of animal be familiar, but just ask one in particular how they are treated to see if you know there's yeah if, if they're being mistreated or yeah abused here. Uh, you go up to something that looks like a, a fish you may have seen in the material plane, uh, and you ask the question, and you just hear back, uh, "Food is good, plenty to eat, happy, happy." Happy. It definitely. You've you've talked with other animals before. Uh, you get a sense of just like sedation from speaking. Okay. Should I be worried about that? Like these animals probably shouldn't sedate it. Uh, other than to keep from attacking the the crowd, obviously. Hard to say. Um, you don't know the nature of their uh captivity, really, truly. Uh, although I will say at this point, I would like a perception check from. Never mind. I'm just licking the grease off my fingers. <laughs> yeah, Marzi is a little, a uh, little too overtaken with everything. Ron definitely notices. Yordle definitely notices. Just waiting on me. I'm not sure what I should be doing. Though. Perception check. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say that. That's my bad. Sorry. No, that's fine. It's an 18. Yep. You probably see that. All right. So the three of you notice uh, something that looks like a little bit of an oddity. Um. As you are talking with the fish, off to the side, you do see uh, what looks like six spherical fish tanks. Um, inside of them rests a a creature that looks very similar to like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It is humanoid, uh, has large gills, looks like it has fins uh, along its arms and webbed fingers and toes. Uh, it does have a shark-like tail behind it. Um, and it does look like there are several of them. And it is almost like a uh, a scene out of uh, Splash or The Shape of Water where, you know, they notice you and, you know, one of them puts its hand against the glass uh, towards you. And you can't tell if it's menacing or not, but they definitely have an intelligence about it. And in a cage, in a cage above them. Uh, is a rather large monkey-like creature, probably bigger than May is in her large form. Uh, and it looks like it wears 
shredded men's clothing uh, and a perfectly stitched top hat. And it looks at you with just pure malice in its eye. Not very welcoming. Yeah. All right. So do you guys want to do anything else here? Or are you just kind of like looking around at that point and then kind of moving out? There are various other creatures. None of them really seem too fantastical mm. otherwise. Um, nothing quite like the Royal Chimera you guys fought earlier. Yeah, I'm too distracted by the sedated animal, the monstrosity. So just kind of worried about that, but just kind of shrug it off, I guess, because I assume that it's just an non-attack. The crowds and they seem they seem well fed and I guess taken care of. They don't seem abused. So does the monkey thing seem sedated? Not even close. It doesn't seem to be like aggressively banging against the cage or anything like that. Um, it, it, it's got sort of like a dark intelligence to it. You can tell that there's something there, uh, but it's just so, so angry. And like, you just feel like pure malevolence rolling off of it, but it stays in place. It just keeps its eye on all of you. Zanir, do you know what that is? I shake my head. I've never seen that before. So I'll wave and try talking to it and say are you happy in this fear i'm about to be and you hear all of you hear it in perfect common why are you about <laughs> to be happy he's going to kill us in the ring is what he's telling you <laughs> yeah the cat knows <laughs> you're gonna make a good pair of boots <laughs> i'm going to rip your intestines out Woo! i'm gonna play with them for a while <laughs> Uh, cat's got claws. I like it. I like it. I'll remember that That's when I'm well. eating your face. Sure thing, grass eater. Oh, there ain't no grass eating here. <laughs> this is pointless. His entire presentation is attempt to upset and demoralize you. Oh, kitty's smart. Look at that. He's also somewhat of a cretin, so he only knows one way to speak. He'll be easy enough to fight. <laughs> you just have to evade his attacks. We could actually... Uh, choreograph the fight, really make it stand out, and then as a reward I'll make sure to use Spare the Dying at the end so you don't die and then come back and fight another day. Oh, He uh, has no ability to believe that you have any chance at all to win. He thinks that it will be funnier to attempt to menace you now and then stomp on you repeatedly when we fight. There is no point to it in a dialogue. Well, he ain't wrong. I'm definitely gonna eat. Well, I wish you luck with that because you're going to need it. They got hope. I love when they got hope. Tastes so much better. They break. <laughs> and you see he starts picking his teeth with, like looks like bones. Uh, and his teeth are just like jagged and sharp and look like they're made for tearing meat. Ron is going to turn and walk away. All right. He reminds me very much of a pack of frost giants in the area around Joden. So, yeah, he's a real jerk. So Ron is leaving this area are you guys following her are you staying and taunting them? yeah there's no point in talking yeah, to that I'll... thing all right i don't know what's going on i'm just gonna follow ron <laughs> all right so you guys leave the tent is there anything else you want to do here this is gonna be the last call no. I mean, there doesn't really seem to be anything else to do here i mean there's tons of shops but i don't really have any money well you still have your coin. i guess i'll look for a weapons shop no, no weapon shops yeah i didn't think so unless you want like the wooden like knights swords or things like that mm-hmm. like the, no, the novelty I... stuff I meant literally a weapon shop. So they don't have anything like that. Then all right, all right. So as you guys are wandering around, you start hearing a almost like a ticking clock at all of you. Uh, and every minute, 
the sound starts getting a little bit louder, a little bit louder. As five minutes pass, well, it's this time you almost expect the moment when you're teleported back inside the... Instead of the hard-packed sand of the previous challenge, you feel the touch of wet wood beneath your... As it pitches and rolls from your way. The arena is filled with water, and similarly to where you landed, uh, there are several floating objects. It almost looks like uh, docks, small boats, uh, that are sort of, like, moved around here. The, the boat's done up in some ostentatious, like, attempt at being a pirate vessel. Uh, and there are several, uh, well, the same audience as before. And you see the stage is still there at the end of the arena, just like it was the first time. Uh, and you see your... Master of Ceremonies, your ringmaster is still there, except this time dressed as your stereotypical movie pirate, uh, complete with a fake hook hand uh, and a fake peg leg. Uh, but you do notice that there are shadows moving underneath the water. And it's at that point when you start hearing the feline voice. Ahoy, me hearty! The scallywags have returned! <sighs> Will they manage to get one step closer to the captain's Bountiful bounty. Oh, they face a watery grave from our seaworthy beasties. <laughs> and at this point, I will need everybody to roll initiatives. I don't like this place. I'm going dead last. Not likely. I rolled a four. <laughs> no, I rolled one with no bonus. He did roll a one. Where is he? 16. May got herself a four. And yeah, Yordle got a 13. Okay. Let me roll for my creatures. And... Okay. Uh, is at this point where you start to see the water begin to churn and bubble. Uh, oh, and... I had advantage on the intimidation checks. God damn it. <laughs> you succeeded anyway, so it didn't matter. Yes, but I kind of kept trying to be more and more intimidating. <laughs> uh, so... Basically, what winds up happening is you see, uh, almost like in sync, in unison, six figures emerge from the water and jump up onto uh, the floating wreckage directly in front of you. It's those six creatures, those amphibian humanoid figures that you saw before. And you start to hear the sinister laughter uh, from above you. And as you look up, hanging from the central pillar that might be an approximation of a mainmast uh, is that monkey-like creature. And I need to know, Marizy, what's your uh, dex bonus? Two. All right, so these things are going to go first. Uh, the Orthilians are going to, two of them are going to charge at you. Uh, the four are going to dive back into the water and uh, see what they can do. So let's see who winds up getting hit. Uh, that is going to be Ron and Yordle. They're going to come after you first. Uh, you see what almost looks like in their hands, a forming of energy, uh, that looks like it's forming into like a weird harpoon gun. Uh, and they're going to try to, uh, swing on you in melee. Uh, Ron, I'm going to guess a 12 misses you. A 12 actually does miss me. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yordle, however, that is a 19 and I'm going to assume that that hits. It does. Yeah. All right. You are going to take seven points of damage, uh, psychic damage as this harpoon, Lances into your uh, flesh, which is now going to be Marzi's turn. As the four other Orthilians uh, are nowhere in sight. How close was it? Uh, they're right on top of you. So I can use my reaction to do Halo Spores to them? You absolutely can. Uh, it has to fail a con throw uh, 14. Uh, that is an 18 plus 3. Do I take any damage otherwise? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so you open your mouth. You spit uh, a ring of spores at these. 
uh, this creature that's in your face stabbing you with its psychic harpoon, and it seems to to almost blink it off, and it coughs for a couple seconds. You see its uh, gills on the side of its neck sort of pulse in and out, uh, but it doesn't seem to take root, uh, which is going to bring us to the big guy, uh, who is going to go hell for broke after May. Uh, so he charges on to you. Do you have any reactions before he starts swinging on you? I need to know what he does before I can decide if I do that or not, so... Uh, he is going to actually just try to grapple you. Uh, so he is going to, uh, make a strength check to try to grab you if you want to oppose it. And that is a 21. Okay. That's a 10, but since I have advantage on strength checks right now, I roll again. Yep. Eight. So yeah, he gets me. All right. You two are grappled. He doesn't, he can't take an attack right at this. Um, but I am going to need you to make a, I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving, please. What your total is. 19. All right, you're fine. Uh, so you see that as he grabs you, it's almost like he tries rubbing your head into his armpit. Uh, and it is awful. It is ridiculously overpowering, and your delicate sense of smell is almost overwhelmed with the, the sensation, but you manage to shake it off. Uh, that's going to bring us to Ron, who I know has a higher dex than Yordle. So, so I have an amphibian thing in melee with me? Uh, you do. Um... Is any do I get sneak attack? Is any is there another enemy within five feet of it? There is not another enemy within five feet of it yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, I'm gonna stab it. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll me attack roll, please. I think I clicked that. That hits with a twenty four. Uh, that is a good good hit. So that is ten points of damage. Uh, you feel a weird resistance. It doesn't look like they're wearing any armor and their flesh is definitely yeah. soft but as you go to drive your blade through, it's almost like you hit a wall of force before it finally gives way in parts and you feel the purchase of flesh. Uh, flesh. Uh, so yeah, that's you. Unless you have anything else you can do. Uh, Bonus actions. I do. I can hit I can hit with my offhand. Go for it. Uh, that barely hits. Oh, Oh, no, it does. So you feel even more resistance as you're hitting with your offhand, uh, but you manage to sort of get him leveraged with the other one, uh, almost like a scissoring motion that you're able to pierce through whatever is there. Uh, roll me some damage. 18. Huge hit. Jesus. Oh, did, oh no, I'm sorry. That was, to, I did not. That was something else. <laughs> I messed that up. Oh, that's okay. Uh, damage 11. That's much more reasonable. It's still pretty good. All right. Uh, the only other thing I can do, I can't do unless I did a sneak attack. So that's it. All right. Uh, Yordle, you're up. I'm going to do Wild Shape. <clears throat> okay. Which gives me all sorts of extra health. Sure. I'll learn to let you keep track of that because I'm lazy. Uh, what is what is your Wild Shape turn you into? Why don't you describe it? Uh, it just is. It doesn't change me into anything because of the, the spores stuff. Uh, I thought it made your but... appearance more like sporous does it not i guess it could okay well i mean it's your choice it's your character yeah so the mushrooms on my shell expand and go crazy and grow out of control and there's a a halo of just like bits of fungus floating around me now all right wonderful uh is that an action or a bonus action for that's an action uh so i think that there's the guy still right next to me right oh he's right on top of you yeah then yeah i'll just uh, do a claw attack on him well, it's an action, so you can't take an attack action if you've already taken it. Okay, then I can do a... You can do a bonus act. So for you, that is... You can cast, like, Shillelagh if you wanted to, um, or 
if you have spells that are like that. I don't think I have any bonus actions. Just, I would just cast Shillelagh then. Yeah, that's fine. You can cast Shillelagh. All right. Uh, that's going to move us down to May, who's next on initiative. Okay. Well, first up is I go to full size. <laughs> okay. You are now uh, almost on equal footing with this large creature. Um, <clears throat> uh, don't know if I can attack him. You can. You're grappled. You're not incapacitated. Yeah, but I have a reach weapon. You have claws. Yeah, but... They're, they're practically ineffective. No reason to use. Um, I don't actually know if a reach weapon can't be used if something is close range to you. No, it can. Reach just gives you up to uh, the top. Oh, no, he shouldn't have been able to get near me to grapple me. Why? Because you have to enter a threatened square and then exit the threatened square. Mm. I should have been able to attack him. No. It doesn't matter. I didn't. I didn't because exiting, it. exiting, like moving through your reach does not count as exiting a threatened square. Okay. Well, I guess I'll try and attack him then. Okay. Uh, I would say because you are grappled, if you're making an attack with melee, uh, I'd say that wind up being at disadvantage, I believe. Uh, does it say that in the rules? Double checking right now. Because I would change what I was doing. Uh, double check attack roll. Creature can use his action to escape. Do so must succeed on a strength check. Uh, grapple creature can move, drag, or carry. Oh, actually, no. It doesn't say that you are at disadvantage. You can just make an attack. Okay, it was just a 16. Uh, that does not hit. You feel almost like that same uh, force. Thing 21 like, for the second roll. That hits. I need to add to this as well. Sure. I need to add... Dude, that's a terrible roll. Um, I need to add another D6. Just going to run game, I guess. Oh, yeah. There's also dice on the left-hand side. Ooh, there All you right. go. He takes 7 plus 6, so 13. All right. He laughs as you are uh, hitting him, uh, which then moves us now, unless there's anything else you need to do or bonus actions. I used a bonus action to grow. Okay, then it'll be Diener's turn. All right. Do I know the amphibians or our monkey friend are humanoids? Uh, you would assume that they are all human. They are humans. Okay. And is there an amphibian near me that hasn't been hit yet? Or uh, yeah, I would say if you wanted to get close to one, you can. The uh, the only one that's been hit is the one that's on Ron. Okay. So I'm gonna get within sixty feet of one that hasn't been attacked yet. And I'm going to hit it with Mind Sliver. So it has to make a um, int saving throw of 14. Uh, you said it's an int saving throw? Yeah. All right, that's a 15. What is uh, what does the spell do if they save? It does um, nothing. So that was that was fun. Oh, sorry. Bonus <laughs> actions. Anything else you want to do? Um, I um, how far did I move? Uh, maybe like 10 feet, if that. Okay. And how far am I from the monkey and May grappling? I'd say probably about 15-ish feet away. Oh, okay. Then I am just going to hold fast where I am and prepare for next turn. Okay. Uh, that's, unless anybody's got anything else that they're going to do, that moves it over to... Oh, uh, we did Marizy's turn, didn't we? No, you didn't. I got skipped. Sorry. Go ahead. Your turn. I apologize. I thought we did yours. My bad. Yeah, um... You called out my name, and then something else happened. And my apologies. Feel free. So, um, is there? There's one guy still on like a raft. So there's two folks on the raft. Four of them have disappeared below the water, and the giant monkey is wrestling with me. Okay, I'm going to aim color spray at the guys on the raft. Okay, and that's a saving throw from that. What's your? Uh, do, 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 do. You know. I... I've been reading this. I'm not exactly sure that there's a saving throw. Yeah, no, there isn't. Uh, so you just go ahead and roll 6d10. And that's how many uh, 
how many hit points of creatures that can be affected. Do I just need that uh, that dice total? That's a 20 roll? No. We need 6d10. Sorry, it just takes a little Yeah, no worries. Nope, that didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right, let's do this again. This is the one that I need. Yeah, but there's a d20 in there as well. There was a d20 in there. Now we got it right. There we go. 23. So 23 hit dice or hit points worth of creature here. Uh, that would actually affect the one that is damaged pretty heavily already. Uh, do Lowest hit points. I hate the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to. Uh, okay. So it. They're blinded. That's all I'm trying to do is blind yeah, them. Yeah. They're just blinded until the spell ends. It's a whole lot of words to say they're blinded if the hit points are good. Yep. So the one on, uh. Ron is blind. That's fine. All right. Uh, which is going to be their turn next. And uh, then we're going to go right back into Mary's. Okay. Uh, so the one on Ron is going to take uh, two attacks at disadvantage. Is it within 10 yards of me? Uh, I'd say close enough. Then it has to make a con saving. Uh, difficult. What's the DC on that? That roll is 17. Okay. Then if it works. Okay. It's safe. Uh, it fails both attacks against Ron because it can't see. Uh, the one that's on you is going to miss twice with a 4 and a 11. Did that one save? Uh, yes, that one did say that's a 16 plus. Uh, sorry. I need to get better spores. <laughs> uh, so that's them. And I'm going to need everybody that is standing on the raft right now to make a reflex save as the four that were under the water emerge through uh, the, the, the flotsam, essentially. Dexterity? Dexterity, please. Ooh, big rolls. Not for your though. I rolled a two. You Look, did I'm roll a, a two. Okay, we don't move very quick. Hey, he's a turtle! I mean, water! Alright, so it's five. Uh, so you're the only one that fails. Uh, so you wind up falling into the water itself, uh, which is kind of okay. You're a turtle. It happens. Uh, everybody else saves perfectly fine. So does monkey. Uh, Merzi, that is your turn. There are now six of these things standing on top of a uh, raft surrounding you. I'm casting mirror image on myself, so now there are three of us! All right, fantastic. Doing anything else? Any movement? Any bonus actions? I'm going to whip out my fire wand and aim it at somebody for the next time. Alrighty, you start, all of your mirror images all sort of like come back to back and start circling with the fire wand out, almost like buddy cop style, uh, as you're waiting for your next turn. Uh, this is going to be the monkey's turn. Is going to try to uh, take a pot shot at May, since they're still grappling. He's going to try to bite you. Uh, that's going to miss. Oh, well, maybe not. What's your AC? 19. He got 19, exactly. He bites himself. Redirect it onto him. Okay, alright, that's a damage. And he's just laughing. It sounds like he's having a great time. Uh, which brings us to Ron's. Uh, the one in front of me is still in front of me and blind. Yep, he is still blinded. That means you have advantage on attacks. He has also no attack of opportunity if you leave combat. My point is that if she has advantage, that means she can sneak attack him. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm I'm gonna sneak attack. Alright, so go ahead and make me an attack roll. This. And it is with advantage. To roll again. Uh, both of those miss. Really? I thought I hit him last time on a... Okay. Uh, not not on a 16. Offhand? Go ahead. Yeah, this is not in my favor. Uh, and I have advantage on this one, too? Yep. Oh, yeah. well, that's better. That hits. And you can apply the sneak attack to that as well, so go extra damage. Never, ever successfully done. How do you? How do I roll sneak attack damage? Just, uh, what is, what is your sneak attack at? 1 or 2d6? 
Uh, 3d6. 3d6? So just roll 3d6. I'll just roll this with dice. 3, 4, five, 8. Another 8? Yes. Uh, he is not looking very good at all. He is blind, bleeding from a bunch of different places. You see uh, weird bluish blood starts like seeping out of his gills. Uh, not very happy. You still have move and bonus action. Uh, I am going to take a, oh, where is this thing? I have a thing. Immediately after you deal sneak attack damage to a creature on your turn, my, my dice were overlapping what I was trying to look at. Uh, after I deal sneak attack damage, I can target a second creature I can see within 30 feet. Yep, there's definitely the one first within... creature, and it takes 2d6 necrotic. Okay, uh, so there's one that's on Yordle right now and four that are closing in on you. Your, your pick on any of them. None, uh... none of the others have taken any damage. Also, you're within 30 feet of the monkey. I'm, I'm going to deal with what's in front of me. I'm going to get another one of these amphibian things. Okay, and you said and that's how many damage? 2d6. Okay, go ahead and give me that roll. Six. Okay. That is uh, necrotic damage. Wonderful. All right, that brings us over to Yordle's turn. Then. I am an idiot. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. That's fine. Yordle, you're up. Uh, I guess I got to get back up on land. Uh, Yep, or you can move. You can swim. You are a turtle. Right, but to do attacks. If you want to do attacks, yeah, you're going to have to get up on there, uh, which I will say it's easy enough for you to just use your mo- your movement because you are amphibious uh, to get back up on there, no problem. Honestly, you falling in the water was probably the best thing that could have happened took you out of combat and it literally impedes your movement zero so you could just like free willy style out of the water back onto the uh onto the raft awesome and then i'm gonna attack uh one of those things all right go ahead and roll to hit i did not do very well that is definitely not going to hit you you take like a big old baseball swing with your shillelagh uh and like you just hit like a wall of force and you reverberate almost like comic book style like in place just a little bit like yeah do you have any bonus actions nope you can't uh spores the, it's it's on their turn ah okay all right which now brings us down to may all right attack twice okay go for it actually before i attack twice when you last yeah i'm going to roar so he needs to make a dc 15 uh wisdom save which i'm sure he'll make but nevertheless yeah maybe not that is a six okay he's afraid of me no he is definitely not as frightened of me until the end of my next turn okay then uh you see he gets a glint of fear in his eyes as you roar uh, he's definitely not used to dealing with something your size, so yeah. Okay, um, first attack. Okay. That's a, what? No. Okay, that's a 14. I doubt it. That does not hit. Second roll is a 19. That will hit. Go ahead and roll some damage, please. Make 10 plus. Uh, I have a 2. I'm going to re-roll it because I get to re-roll any 1s or 2s. Go for it. It's a 2 again, so yeah, he takes an extra 2. He takes 12 total. Okay. I'm then going to action surge. Okay. He's released the grapple at this point, just out of reaction. Okay, action surge, second, uh, third attack. That's a 21 to hit. That's definitely going to hit. 15 damage on that attack. Jesus, okay. Gonna hit him again. Okay. It's a 19. That hits. And that's 11 damage on that hit. Uh, and now, this is all piercing or slashing damage? It's the scythe, so hold on a second. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I assume it says damage type slashing. 
It says slashing. Okay. Uh, so I need you to roll me a d20, please. Just a straight d20. Six. Okay. Uh, you cut very deeply into uh, this creature as you're swinging, and you notice that you almost make it completely through one of its limbs. Uh, and this, as you notice this uh, cut... You pull your scythe back. You didn't quite get all the way through, and you see the flesh start to stitch itself back together. Um, not in a healing way, but in almost like a keeping the limb attached to the body. Uh, it's almost like little tendrils of threads uh, try to keep the limb from severing completely from the body. Any other actions or, or anything else for you? I have moved backwards so that he will have to come. I'm basically... Uh, 10 feet away from it. Well, he's afraid of you anyway, so he's not going to be dealing with you until after your next turn. Okay. But that's what I do. Okay. I'm also trying to put myself within 10 feet of some of the other guys that okay. are around here. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I need to check something. Anything within 10 feet of me that could hear me, was anything else within 10 feet of me when I made the roar? They're about 15 to 30 feet away from you, depending. The closest okay. one then was 15 feet away from me. Nothing else would have been affected. Okay. All right. And that brings us down to Dinar with his wonderful one. Alright, second half of my failed to turn combo. I'm going to cast Crown of Madness on that same amphibian. It needs to make a uh, wisdom saving throw of 14. Uh, that is a 15 plus 2. I am so sorry. <sighs> Alright, after this I'm just going to be casting Eldritch Blast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Warlocks wind up doing that most of the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so that's all of that. It's going to bring us up to the top of the order, which will be mares or these things. Uh, but before we do that, Ron, I want you to make uh, a straight wisdom check. Uh, wisdom save, wisdom. Just a wisdom check, not a save. But just click on the number above your wisdom on your character sheet, and it will roll. Oh for you. no! You feel like you're forgetting something. You feel <laughs> you feel like you're forgetting something. You're not sure what it is, but. There's something in the back of your brain that just kind of like. I needed clarification on something, Joe. Yes. None of us heard the fortune teller talk to Ron. Correct. Okay. Yeah. From your perspective, it looked like they were just staring at each other for quite a while. All right. The Orthilians are going to go. Uh, the really, really damaged one is going to dive into the water. Um, is that one within ten feet of me? Fifteen feet away. I moved to put some of them within ten feet of me. Remember. Oh. That's right. Yeah, so then he would be within 10 feet. And he's leaving my threatened square? Yeah. Make an attack of opportunity. Yeah, that hits. 26. Roll some damage. Takes 15 damage. All right. How do you finish this one off? I impale him through the back. Like, basically, I sweep the scythe, drive the point so that it comes up uh, through the thing's chest, and then I lever it to basically shear him in half uh, lengthwise so that his head, his head and torso are bisected. All right, you all see that, and then uh, as he sloughs off your blade and into the water, uh, you see tiny little fish, uh, the ones that were lethargic before that Dinar was talking with, uh, sort of come up and just, like, consume the dead body, uh, and soon there's just, like, bluish bones floating in the water from where this thing was. All right, the rest of these things are going to go. Uh, they're going to square off one for each of you. Uh, How many so there are five left. How many are left at this point? Five, five. left. Oh. Plus the big guy. Um, all right. They all need to. I can't tell if Halo Spores is. I can only do it once, or if they all need to make a saving throw on it. Let's take a look at your character. Spores. 
They're harmless until you unleash them on a creature nearby. When a creature you see moves into a space within 10 feet of you or starts its turn there, you can use your reaction to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to that creature. So, or to deal damage to that creature. Basically, you have to choose to use your reaction if they're within 10 feet of you at the start of their But can I do that to every one of them? Or uh, do I only get one? You're going to get two of them, I would say. Okay. Then two of them need to make saving throws. Okay. Uh, one succeeds, one fails. I don't know. Wild shape. Remember uh, to add extra damage. You, you activated your symbiotic entity. Mm-hmm. Yep, I get two rolls. Seven damage is four. All right. Wonderful. Okay. They're going to collapse in on you guys. Uh, let's see. That one's not happy with you, so we're going to say that's the one that uh, is going to swing at you. Uh, that is an 11 and a 12. I'm guessing both of those miss. What is your AC, Corey? 17. Yeah, not touch. Uh, one's going to go after Ron. One is going to hit. That is going to be a whopping five psychic damage as the harpoon oh, no. slices into you. One's going to swing on Merzy, and is one hit for eight psychic damage. One's going to swing on May, is one hit. You are going to take six psychic damage. And then Diener, two hits. I apologize. Thirteen points of psychic damage as this thing uh, slices into you with its imaginary harpoon. That's its turn, which now means it's Merzy's turn. And I did roll before attacking you to see if they attacked you or your mirror image. Okay. All right. Burn in the fires of heck. <laughs> okay. Uh, who are you attacking and what are you? Uh... I- I'm using the fire wand, which, of course, we know may or may not work. It's, it's like magic missile. Okay. So go ahead and roll a... Your percentage check. What? What is it? I think it's what five percent. Can't remember what we decided for you. Oh, your character does not want to load. There we go. All right. What was your percentage for that? Uh, it's a forty percent failure rate. I don't know. D one hundred. All right. So go ahead and roll me a D one hundred, please. It's not rolling. Are you doing it inside of uh, D and D Beyond? Yeah, and it's not working right. I must be doing something wrong. Well, after you click it, you have to click roll at the bottom. Well, I did it. F- I mean, I we can take mine or we can just wait for yours to come through. Your choice. But I'll tell you, mine's a 10. <laughs> Which is not good. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Yeah. Okay, it goes off. 76. Much, much better. Much better, yes. I don't know what's wrong. Man. Just it, I kept clicking on it and it kept not doing anything. Well, either way it goes. So that means it's going to be some damage, please. Is it not coming through for you as well? I couldn't remember what the, I couldn't. Never mind. Uh, well, it's basically a magic missile, but fire flavored, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, it's 1d4 plus 1. 3d4 plus. So it'd be 1d4 plus 1 three times if you're doing it at a standard level. So 11 points of damage. Yes, sir. That's going to wind up being 22 points of damage because these things do not like fire. You see that. As your firebolt licks at this thing's skin, uh, the water starts to evaporate from it, and part of its flesh just sort of sloughs off. Uh, this is one that had been damaged a couple times, and uh, we're going to go ahead and say you get to finish that off. So this is the one that happened to swing on Yordle. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me how it looks when this thing dies? It just sizzles and collapses in a goo, and... Maisie's eyes get really big. Oh, goo. I and, wonder and if every, I could get some of that. And everybody hears that in, in stereo as all of the mirror images <laughs> say that at the same time. Or a quartet of, ooh, 
Um, do I have something I could collect that goo from? Yeah, you, uh, when you are not in combat, you can probably grab some. <laughs> uh, but that's going to be your turn unless there's any bonus actions that you're going to do? No. She starts patting down her... I got a... I must have a jar here somewhere in one of these pockets. Focus, okay. Marzi. All right. The creature that is afraid of May is going to go, and it is going to not be anywhere near May, and it is instead going to try to uh, crush Yelkor, or Yordle, excuse me. Is it moving in my direction to do that? Uh, it's trying to skirt around you. It's not heading towards you. And he's going to whiff twice as I roll two ones, because of course I do. And we are going to say... Uh, he winds up whiffing big and just sort of like tilts himself into one of the holes that one of these creatures made. Um, he's not through it, because he's way bigger than they are, but he definitely stumbled. So that'll be his turn, uh, which then brings us down to Ron. There are so what do I have? four of these things left. What do, and the, four plus the monkey. Four plus the monkey. And they're all inside of me? Uh, everybody is currently visible, yes. Uh, I am going to cast Bane on the monkey and the whatever two amphibious things look like they're healthiest. Uh, so that'll be all the remaining ones. So go ahead. Uh, tell me what Bane does. Uh, up to three creatures of my choice have to make charisma saving throws. Oh, when they, if they if they fail the save, uh, whenever you make an attack roll, roll or a saving throw until the spell ends, they must roll a d4 and subtract that from their roll. What is your DC? Uh, charisma 14. Uh, so they all fail because charisma is, believe it or not, not monsters' strong suits. Surprise! Uh, surprise. So two of them, uh, we'll see, roll randomly. The one on you and the one on Marzi, uh mm-hmm. have that, and then Monkey Man. Alrighty then. Uh, and I would like, is there anywhere I can hide? Uh, make a perception check. Uh, a shadow that I, that was an action to cast that. I know, make a perception check. Okay. Uh, so on the ground, not or, or ground, and I say that with air quotes, uh, is not necessarily uh, a good place to hide. However, there is that main mizzen mast right in the basically the middle of everything, almost like that pseudo boat. And it looks like there's plenty of, of rigging and ropes uh, and things that you can actually hide uh, or try to hide, hide there. Um, with that perception... You also look up and you notice at the very, very top, uh, instead of a crow's nest, is a ballista. Oh. Uh, is there anyone within range? Uh, there's one person on you, but you could bonus action uh, disengage and move and make it. I'm, I'm going to disengage and move towards the mast. Okay, yeah, you can get there. It's about 10 feet away from where you guys are circled. Uh, you can start making your way up. I'm not even going to make you make yes. a climb check because it's got the rigging hanging down there. So that's going to be about uh, 20 feet up. Uh, there's about another 30 feet till you get to the top of it. And it is at this point that you remember the words that the fortune teller told you, is that the solution to your current trouble lays above to raise your eyes to the sky. Uh, and you snaps into place. Oh, ballista. That's probably helpful. That was a really good fortune, man. Well, you did pay a I god coin for it. I discounted that lady. That lady. <laughs> Um, That's all I can do. All right. And you also notice that while you guys are doing this, you've been so engrossed in it, 
the entire time, uh, the ringmaster, the Rakasta, has been uh, continually uh, amping the crowd and doing the play-by-play. He doesn't look like he's been interfering in this one like he did in the first one. Uh, so there's that. All right. Uh, so that's Ron's turn. That brings us to Yordle. Hey, it's me. It's you. What do you do? I'm going to attack the closest thing with my shillelagh. All right. Go ahead and make a roll, please. That's same thing. Killing me. Like, he just, like, looks down at your shillelagh and just like, eh, okay, that's the thing that keeps happening. All right. Uh, two, two, two. Next in the list is going to be uh, May. So you have one small guy on you. I don't care about him. Uh, I'm going after the monkey guy because he's 10 feet away and I can attack him pretty easily. Sure. Go for it. 23 to hit. That'll hit. Going to add D6 to that. Yes, you are. Going to re-roll that D6. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, 18 damage total. Okay. Gonna attack him again. Um, Before you do that, go ahead and roll me a d20. It's a straight d20. Well, I'll, I'll count the total. 16. Yeah. Well, I'll count this as your attack. That's fine. Um, All right, well, 25. I'm going to roll the stack d20. Yeah. A 9. Okay, yeah. nothing happens on that one. Roll damage for the uh, second attack that hit with that 25. Uh, 14. Okay, roll a d20 again, please. 15. Uh, so that arm that you had partially severed before comes clean off. Uh, so essentially like it just falls off to its side, doesn't fall off the raft. Uh, it sort of flops around on its own for a little bit. And then you notice it shrinks in size from, uh, an ape's arm to a human arm. Any other actions or bonus actions? Um, I think I've done... Yeah, I don't have a bonus action I can do, right? I mean, I could just... No reason to. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, Dinar, you're up. All right. Given up on his plans to mind control the amphibians, he's going to turn to our monkey friend and Eldritch Blast him twice. All right. Go ahead and make me some rolls. Uh, first one barely hits. Second one definitely hits. Okay. And, Roll some damage. Um, he has uh, uh, Genie's Wrath. I forgot about it last week. Or last time. Uh, so the first hit will have an extra plus three. All right. So that's eight points for that one. And then eight points for the other one. All right. Yeah. Uh, he is looking very messed up. Very messed up. And um, looks like he's barely clinging to life. Um, starts wobbling and woozing. It looks like there's a weird black ichor just coming out of the stump where his arm used to be that May has just ripped off. Uh, and now it is going to go back to the top of the order, uh, which is going to be the Orthelians, which they are going to see if they want to stick around. They collectively do not. Uh, so everybody is going to get an attack of opportunity as these four remaining Orthelians are just noping straight out. They don't want to be part of this anymore. Uh, May, 17. May misses. Yordle misses. Did they say? Oh, uh, my wand didn't go off. Your wand did didn't go saving off. throws. Wand wouldn't work anyway. They can move away from a wand. That's I, I, I struggled to get my dagger out in time. It's, it was not pretty. It's it's something we worked on with Merzi's character, and the uh, it's a little bit different. She's essentially like a um, it is her her melee weapon in a sense. Um, but yeah, none of them hit. <laughs> uh, these things are are very heavily armored comparatively, um, and you see like as you're wailing on them, sort of like this the the power of whatever barrier around them crackles with sort of that same energy that their harpoons are made out of uh, and they dive out of there so the only thing left uh, is the big guy uh, who it is his turn and let's he does he's not afraid anymore no it, it only lasts a round 
No, no, not afraid. Conscious. Like, upright. Uh, yeah, he's not happy, so he's going to take a bound at May. If he's going to go down, he's going to try to take out the thing that's done all of the damage. Uh, that is a 26 and a 21. Both hit. Remember to subtract a d4 from both of those, though I don't know if that'll matter. Uh, that brings one down to a 22 and the other one to a 20. They both hit. Uh, so you are going to take 13 piercing damage as he bites you, uh, and another 13 damage as the fist sort of slams into you. And that's going to be Ron's turn. I'm going to keep climbing. All right, you make it the rest of the way up, no problem. Uh, pretty easy going, and you have the ballista in front of you. Um, so you uh. have you have a couple options here. You can fire into the melee uh, with the big guy that's going there, or you still see the Rakasta <laughs> sitting on the stage barking, not paying any attention to you. I am pretty pissed off at the Rakasta. Um, yeah. How badly injured does the monkey guy look? Barely clinging to life. You're fairly confident that if somebody sneezes on it, it's going to die. I don't think I got this. I'm going to aim at the Rikasa and fire. Roll me a plus six <laughs> ranged attack. Oh. And because he does not that. see this coming, because he is too engrossed in what's going on, I've already rolled for it, you do so at advantage. Okay, um, so... That's just a D20 plus six. D20 plus six. Wouldn't you get a proficiency bonus as well? Uh, Yeah, you'll get a proficiency bonus as well with it. So whatever your proficiency is. Plus nine. That's not a good roll, but oh, with advantage. Correct. Uh, 17 and plus proficiency. Plus proficiency. 20. Uh, Yeah, that hits. Uh, I'm going to need you to go ahead and roll 6d8 damage, please. (laughs) Okay. I don't have 68 in front of me, so I need to figure out how to roll that through d20. Uh, 6d8. Okay. Roll. Did that do a thing? It's probably going to take a second to come through. There it comes. 25. Uh, You staple him to the stage. In the middle of whatever roaring speech he's going, like everything fades away from you. The sound of battle below, the sound of the audience going crazy, except for this audible gasp as some of them actually notice where you're aiming. But he doesn't. And as he turns around, this bolt that looks like it is made out of pure arcane energy just travels through the air silently. Uh, The twang of the string of the ballista, uh, the only sound you can hear. And as he's turning around and waves his arms wide open and opens his mouth to bark, you literally shoot straight through his mouth, through his body, and pin him to the stage. The audience gasps. Everybody, like, you all see this down below, uh, and, like, his body starts to deteriorate and melt away and just sort of move into that same sort of bluish goo that you saw before uh, around it. Uh, And everybody is just cheering wildly. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. Uh, For all the years that they've been coming here, if they've been coming here for years, nobody's ever taken a shot at the Ringmaster before. Nobody's ever dared, but you did, and he is no more. At least, not right now. And that is going to be... get for kidnapping people. And that's going to bring us to Yordle's turn. I'm going to use Chill Hand on the uh, big monkey guy. All right. What does Chill Hand do? Or Chill Touch. Chill Touch. So that's going to... Skeletal Hand in the space of a creature within range. Range is 120 feet. Yep, well within range. Is it an attack roll? Or is that it? Yeah, it is. So, plus six. Go for it. 
does not hit. <laughs> I I'm very very sorry. Sulk in my turtle shell. Bonus action. Anything like that? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, that brings us down to May. Well, I mean, I think I'm just going to try and make friends with this guy now. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I think we skipped Mirzy. No, she went up first, didn't she? She goes way before me. No, I got skipped again. <laughs> yep, I apologize. I rolled a 21. It's still going to hit. Mirzy, you can do this at the same time. Uh, 16 plus a D6. Yep. Okay. And Mirzy, are you going to try to light the monkey on fire? I'm going to try to light the monkey on fire! Roll that percentage dice. Let's see what happens. <sighs> plus one. Uh, 97! Oh, yeah. Yes! Off. Okay. Uh, and just re- damage is irrelevant at this point. It had one hit point left. Uh, so you both at the same time, Merzi, you swing around and you level. Uh, and it looks like all of your mirror images are doing the same thing. You level your uh, fire shooting wand at this uh, weird creature just as May swings down with her scythe. Uh, you see... May takes its head off clean. Its body is still flailing. That is until all of your missiles hit this thing dead in the chest and sort of engulf it in flame or whatever scraps of flesh are left. Uh, and it just boils and gurgles away. There's way more smoke than you would expect, especially for something that's hitting flesh. You would never anticipate anything like this to, to be happening. Uh, and it's almost like flash paper going off. Uh, the head rolls and sort of lands staring at, at May's feet uh, and morphs back into a human. The body, as the light fades away, converts back down to what looks like a regular human male wearing a lab coat. Uh, and you see on its badge on the side, Dr. LaFourier, the owner of the menagerie that you were visited earlier. The crowd is roaring raucously, and just just everybody is is enjoying it. They're throwing things at the the stage where you guys are, and you see flowers and food and coin and uh, undergarments because for some reason that's the thing that people do in movies, so they're doing it here as well. Just uh, in case, I, I'm assuming this might go to a long rest type situation again, but if it doesn't, I just got 15 hit points. Okay, no problem. And just come down the uh, mast. Yep. As you like, come if down. there are any ropes, she'll just like swing down. Or slide down or something. Yeah, no problem. You make your way down, no problem. Uh, They're cheering, and they're they're calling your names. They're chanting all of your names. Um, Do you guys do anything? I step on that guy's head and crush it. It splatters like a watermelon, no problem. Um, If nobody else does anything, as you're standing around looking for the next uh, fight, you hear that familiar ticking in your head again. Uh, And as that ticking increases and increases... You feel, again, it's it's almost like old friends at this point. Uh, this world fades. The sound of the, the audience fades away in the background. Uh, and all the light dims and fades. And you find yourself back at the boardwalk again. In each of your hands, including yours now, Yordle, you've succeeded finally. Uh, with Looks like you just needed a better group. Uh, but each of you have two god coins. Uh, so if you've already spent one, you have two. If you haven't spent your previous one, you now have three. And everything lays before you. You have all the benefits of a long rest. You have all of your hit points back, your spell slots. uh, And there is one new attraction uh, sitting in front where the dunk tank used to be is now a coffee shop run by the same barbed imp uh, that you saw earlier. looks like he's bandaged up. Uh, Looks like he's got uh, sort of like the cartoony uh, head 
trauma, like bandages going underneath his little tiny top hat. Uh, his shirt is still tattered and, and ripped, uh, and he's got his arm in a sling. Um, and it looks like he's just pouring tea for people and coffee and bringing like confectionery treats to folks. And he sees May, and he drops his tray and like just hides. I didn't do any of that. I didn't hurt your head. I cla- I slashed you with my claws. I didn't. You're you're faking it. Hurt you? You you hurt? You hurt me? You tried to kill me? I'll just do my job, man. Your job is bad. You shouldn't do it. I don't have a choice. Clearly, you do, since you ran off somewhere. You could have just run off when I threatened you. You didn't have to stand around and say, "Oh no, I can't do that." You could just run away. And he just like kind of kind of like pokes up from underneath the the side of the 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 counter. It's like, listen, coffee free. No, that's fine. If they want to drink it, they can. I won't ingest anything from this place. Okay. So well, this t- we're stuck here for the moment, so we may have to ingest things from this I place. Have, I've got some rations. I don't have to eat anything from here for a few days. <laughs> I assume my rations are just dried meat, but I have got them. Yeah. So this is your time. Uh, if there's anything in particular you want to do, feel free. Um, there is, every, like I said, everything that you had before. Still those games uh, and still those other places of interest that you did not visit from. And it's up to you how much more you want to do or if you want to talk among yourselves. So that is a thing that just happened. You shot shot him. Come here, come here, come here. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm very pointedly not listening to you now. I'm like actually not even looking at you. Very much like a cat. If you you ever have a cat in the house and you're like, hey, hey, and the cat does not look at you. That's what you're yeah. getting. Yeah. You are straight up getting that. Is this about corn dogs? Guys, guys, guys. If we killed the guy who ran the menagerie, what's there now? One less angry monkey. Well, yeah. I'm going to go see. But I think we just killed something that was in the sphere. The rest of the menagerie is probably still there. But, but he, had the, he had the patch on his. He, he was running the thing. We need to go find out. Why did he turn into a human? Hey, you guys can head over to the menagerie. It's the sign's still up. It's still there. If people are heading okay. in that direction, I I turn to Ron and say, "So you shot him." I didn't like that guy. My point is, he dragged us here. We're not he... we're not free, so that implies that somebody else is actually running it. Yeah. And to be fair, also... you you do remember right. at the very beginning when you were first in there, he did say at the behest of my master's carnival. So it's he wasn't the one running the show. His... It was really satisfying, though. Did you see the look on his face? No, I was busy with a giant monkey. Also, it looked did, like he was a giant monkey thing taken care of, so I thought I'd... Also, I'm, did he die when you shot him? Or was he just pinned it down? Looked like I didn't it. notice. Yeah, you saw it his body dissolve. Like this just means we're going to wind up with another annoying guy. They might wind up with the same annoying guy. They might have multiples of it, or they might just fix it. I mean, if there's an actual god that grants wishes involved in all this, they could mm-hmm. certainly keep bringing people back whenever they felt like it. Still really satisfying. Oh, I wasn't upset about it. I was just interested. I would have not minded killing him myself. This is not a good place to be. No, but I don't know how to get out of here. The only way out is... And, <sighs> and y- Yordle, you would know that from what you've been told or what you've gleaned from your time here, which feels like an eternity... Uh, there are generally three rounds of entertainment. Mm. There's the opening act, the climax, 
the the climatic middle ground of the uh, whatever flavor they're feeling at the the moment it looks like this one was pirates and sea monsters, uh, mm-hmm. and then the final act, which you haven't seen, nobody that you know of has made it this far in decades, and everybody here that's working the carnival that you've spoken with, they weren't here the last time that somebody made it this far. Mm. I'm gonna pick up Mirzy and put her on my shoulder. <laughs> I can walk. You don't need to carry me. I need a favor. I'm trying Uh, to talk so that you can hear me and other people can't. Oh, okay. I need you to look around and be as blatant as you want about it. But I need to know if there's anything around here that looks like it's new besides that coffee shop. Any places that you have that weren't here before. Gotcha. I'm all over it. I put her back down and I'll make the same perception check looking for the same thing. All right. Uh, Actually, so, you know what? I'll just give her advantage. Well, what's your perception? Uh, it's uh, da, da, da. it's plus two. My okay. Your skill, wisdom. Uh, oh, my wisdom is a nine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then I'll I'm gonna assume I get advantage. Yeah. Well, whoever has okay. the higher one can make it with it with a uh, advantage. Okay, that's not exactly knocking the doors off. So I'll try again. Thirteen total. Uh, so you do look around, uh, and it, it honestly. For as many people and as many stalls as there are, the only things you really notice is that the coffee shop is brand new, uh, replacing the dunk tank. Uh, and it does look like there are different game booths here and there. Um, but that's really about it. Nothing out of the ordinary. It's almost like they just shifted the games around a little bit. Uh, instead of ring toss, uh, there's throw the ball into the, the milk can. Um, they, they looks like they shuffled around, uh, and honestly, with a perception check of 13, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary. Um, as a matter of fact, Merzi, who loves carnivals, uh, would point out to you that it's relatively common if a long festival is going on to retire some games and bring other ones out to keep people spending money. Because if they see the same game for, you know, however many hours in a day, they're not going to want to keep playing it. It's to try to keep variety going. But that's really the only things you notice. Uh, did you still want to go to check out the menagerie or no? I want to go see the menagerie. Yeah. I want to see if anything's changed. Okay, Marzi. We're all going together. All right, you guys make your way over. And just like before, the doorway with the curtain, it's still there. You move it aside and you still see uh, cages and, and tanks and, and things like that. Uh, you see those same fish that Dina talked to before are still present, except they seem a little less sedated now. Uh, The cage that held the giant monkey creature man thing uh, lays empty. Uh, Looks like those spherical tanks are no longer filled. They're all empty as well. Uh, And it looks like it's just nothing else really has changed. However, uh, you do notice that towards the back, it looks like there's a uh, medical veterinary type area. Uh, and sitting on the gurney back there is that human arm that was severed earlier, and it looks like it's just tapping its fingers almost like impatiently. It's just the arm just the on arm. the gurney? Yep. The arm's probably regrowing. Looking at it, can I see if there's any like any amount of stuff past the place where I originally cut it? Uh, you move a little bit closer, and this thing pulls a full thing from the Adams family and like freaks out uh, and like gets up and like on its on its fingers and like scurries away as far away from you as it possibly can. Uh, it could, does. Could I tell? Really? Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's you know meat, uh, like it's it's not you know hunting. 
Uh, this thing definitely looks like it's a little beefier than it was when you severed it from the body. So your instinct tells you it's probably regenerating. It's regrowing. Do we see anyone that works here? Nope. You saw the, the person, the proprietor, just now. That's the 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 one we saw before. Yeah, but I was wondering if there's any employees that tend to the animal. Everything uh, else had a coin cost. What is what could we spend our coin on here? Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing to really spend your coin on here. So yeah, nothing else really has changed here. Uh, everything else looks pretty much the same, uh, aside from the things that you've killed, essentially. Uh, and some looks like fat, happy fish. We're going back to Ron's fortune teller. I do want to see the fortune teller. The fortune teller gave me some very good advice. Okay. Yeah, you go back over to that tent, much like the same. Uh, she welcomes you in. Ah, hello, you survived. Excellent. I knew you would. What can... You, you, does she have a, does she have a snake with tail? Yes. She is... Okay. Uh, you I'm can tracking s- it with my eyes, and I kind of move around from time to time. Like, I'll move a little bit to the left, and then a little bit to the right, and I'm keeping I'm keeping tabs of it. Like, I know where it is at all. Yep, you are you are pulling the cat thing, 100%. <laughs> um, she doesn't really seem to mind. Uh, she seems to be used to this somehow. I, I hope that uh, the information was useful. It was extremely useful, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Your, your spirits are a good resource. They can be, yes. But nobody here sells weapons. Should I pay weapons. you for another fortune? You can, yes. Uh, it will be two god coins this time, though. The uh, spirits... I, the see. Spirits... I see how this goes. I hand uh, her one of my god coins, because I have three. Well, I have two. Yeah, so you, you spend one, and you spend one of mine. That's two. She has two already, so okay. if you're giving her one, you can. Well, yeah, I'm giving her one so that she will basically only have to spend one of her own. Okay. And then I'll have two, and she'll have All right. Are you you're going to pay in for the fortune, then? Yeah. All right. She takes the coins, and the same as before, the hand disappears, and she stares at you almost in that same manner, and you just hear her voice almost as if it's deep in your head. The final challenge awaits. The master and his retinue will be greeting you soon. You must succeed. If you do, your wildest desires can But please know that nothing worldly will do everything you think it will. And then the conversation fades, and the two of you hmm. stop locking eyes. Well, I will see what this does for me when we find our next challenge. I do hope you succeed. There are many of us who are rude. Thank you. I hope we succeed, too. I don't Come like on. the idea of the alternative. Let's go get a special meal. Come on, everybody. Let's go. Special <laughs> meal time. I'm actually, I, like, I'm hurting them. If, if anyone hesitates, I might actually pick them up by the back of the neck. All right. You guys make your way back over to the cantina. Um, much is the same before. Uh, Tatiana's sitting there waiting. Oh, welcome back. I, uh, we heard that you did quite well. Very happy to hear that. What can I do for you today? I'll clap down to the two coins I have left. Special meals for myself and one other person, I guess. All right, and I'll plop down one of mine. Okay. I'll down a coin. I mean, everyone can put down one coin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but obviously. then I have two, and I don't need them for anything. So if anybody, no, oh yeah, you all pay for yourselves, and that's fine. So as uh, you guys pay in, uh, it's almost a little bit odd. She ushers you uh, back to what looks like a private room, uh, which she didn't do for the other person that paid in. Uh, but it seems like because all of you are paying in, she's giving you a little bit of an extra attention. Uh, it's a little bit of a lavish room that seems almost incongruous with the rest of the place. 
uh, fine low lighting. Uh, the tablecloth laid out across the table is fine. Uh, it looks like it is surrounded by uh, pillows for you to sit on. It's a lower table. Uh, looks like there is uh, quite a bit of beverage and, and normal like snacking food, like almost like appetizers. Um, and she walks around the table after she seats you uh, and just very lightly touches each of you in turn. And she just kind of goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I think I got it. I'll be right back. And she saunters off to the kitchen area and comes back with trays laden with food. So the interesting thing here is that it appears to be each of your favorite meals. And so just for the sake of role playing and storytelling, let's go around in the table and, and Dinar, what would your favorite meal look like? It, uh, While well, it appears to be uh, normal food, it actually... It, it looks just like a standard meal of uh, meat and vegetables, but the way it was prepared, it came from a forge. So it it's all almost, um, the texture is different. It's almost hardened the way everything was prepared. The meat, like hardened on the outside, but still kind of raw on the inside. The vegetables just uh, like cooked real fast and same with the potato. Okay, and as you chomp into this, it takes you back to the time where you were still in the primordial plane of your ancestors. Uh, a young genie, uh, still new to this whole existence thing. A simpler time, one before your servitude was it was fully in place, when you still understood what freedom was. And that courses through you, and it makes you feel alive it makes you feel more than alive uh we'll get to the effects when we're done because everybody's going to have much of the same effect uh let's go with may may what would your perfect meal be like is what would what was that what was your favorite meal it's a dead six-legged antelope with two heads it's on its back with its chest ripped open and its internal organs available and that's exactly what's given to you cooked in a, in the no it's not cooked oh, hold on, that yeah hold on a second uh cooked in the way that you like which is not at all. It is almost as if this was a fresh kill, something taken down by your pack. And this takes you immediately back to those memories of you and your brothers hunting uh, and taking down one of these creatures together. Uh, it takes you back to the memory of your first hunt, actually, and the pride and joy you felt in getting that final blow and being able to provide for your family, uh, dragging the carcass of this thing back to the rest of your pride, uh, flaying it open yourself with your claws and basically tearing it apart in the manner to allow the little ones to get the most tender flesh uh, as their fangs haven't quite grown in yet, uh, making sure that the matriarchs uh, get their first bites of whatever selection they want, uh, and even the memory of you taking your first bit of horn, a souvenir uh, to remind you of your first kill. And as you look at this thing and you look around your neck, you still have that piece of horn. And it looks like it's just freshly been ripped off this thing. All this realization is, is happening while I'm literally ankle I'm like elbow deep in this thing yep. already. Like Absolutely. I'm, I'm pulling organs out and shaking them and then eating them. Um, occasionally, I actually stop while I'm still doing this. And so this is just like when Ayalia and me, we were with my brother, Gormont, who's such a tool. Gormont is such a tool, but he is good with a bow. 
and and then I like then I start for like another five minutes, and I I go again as if this is completely the way you eat. Yep, it, it, it looks like the Tasmanian devil is at the same time trying to talk to you while he's eating. <laughs> Uh, and you are filled with that same glow, that same confidence, that same fierce pride. Merzi, what does your f- most favorite meal look like? What takes you back to better times? Look at this. It's pub grub. It's pub grub. Oh, my, oh my God. It's, it's, there's cottage fried potatoes and some of them are slightly burnt. Oh, boy. And, and there's this sausage circles and some of those are slightly and there's peas and it's all cooked in a cast iron skillet and and look and look there's warm apple slices in cinnamon (gasps) do you know how long it's been since i've had cinnamon oh my goodness and then and then there's a nice little tossed salad oh my with the stuff out of the garden. <laughs> Where did you get stuff out of the garden? Uh, and you are taken back immediately to a time earlier in your career. In fact, it's the day that you decided to become an alchemist artificer. The very first day that you were taken in under Asha's wing when she invited you over uh, and your first day in Highgate. And she took you through the garden and you picked the, the flowers and herbs and the vegetables yourself. When she took you to introduce you to her pet dragon, who one of the weirdest things you've ever seen, but it's a small whelpling. In fact, it's what you modeled to be after originally, uh, where the fire that cooked your food was gifted by her whelp. Uh, it was the first time you had felt welcome and not judged for being different, for not following in the footsteps of your other family members, of your other gnomes, and basically not being made fun of for not wanting to be a traditional wizard. And you are just the memory of her smile on her tiefling face, her cheeks growing flush with the drink uh, of the pub nights that you would have. All of that suffuses you and you feel elated. And even as you're eating this, you notice that a little plate was made for Tubi as well. And it's all the charred bits, all of the ends of the meats, all of the ends of the root vegetables that were just completely burnt all the way through. Uh, It's exactly what he loves the most. Uh, And he's just grubbing down and you both start to have that same glow. Ron, what is your favorite meal? look like uh, like spiced meats and curry and rice and kind of hot fresh flatbread and you know some vegetable things all kind of spicy you are taken back to a time where you were in the jungles for the first time which is actually where your order the original order that you belong to is based uh known as the forgotten lands and you don't remember how you got there. In fact, you don't remember much about your time before that, but you remember that as all the initiates and alkalites would train throughout the day uh, and gather at night together, they would scrimp and save and forage and get their spices together, make their fresh meats, 
and spend one night a week always together cooking and having this form of community. And it was the one time you were not asked to kill. You were not asked for your devotion or your uh, your adoration. It was the one time you were allowed to feel normal. You weren't just a weapon to be honed and polished and sharpened and then directed at a target. No, here you felt like you were part of a family. Those spiced meats that you concocted together, the spiced rums that you made, the collapsing and giggles, giggles, laughter in the forgotten lands among the, the cult of the dead. The one moment you felt something stir inside of you that made you truly believe deep down that there was something other than just death and destruction and being a weapon to life. It was the first time you had that glimmer of doubt, that first time it let you feel, for lack of a better term, your humanity. And you are filled with that feeling of warmth and happiness and camaraderie. And as you look around the table at everybody else eating their their strange meals, uh, whether it's ripping out innards or, you know, eating things that look like they're rocks or going face down in a shepherd's pie, like you feel that same camaraderie, you feel that same warmth, you feel that same feeling of family. Yordle, what does your perfect meal look like? a big plate of mushroom all sorts of different kinds of mushrooms it is every mushroom you could possibly imagine and then some ones you've never tried before uh you are taken back to the very first time that you stumbled upon well grove is not really a an accurate word for it uh graveyard also isn't either but throughout your wanderings you stumbled across an older druid one that was gaunt and looked like it had been consumed by plague, but still lived and tended to this place, ushering new life out of death and decay, taking what was discarded, what was viewed as vile, uh, it was viewed as antithetical to life and from it breeding life. And you sat and you talked and you talked and you talked. And before you knew it, days had passed. And that was when you noticed that the first mushroom had sprouted on your shell and it wasn't just any normal mushroom it actually spoke to you in your brain and it said hello and before you knew it other ones did as well and it was at this point that the older druid turned to you and laid himself down and you tended to him like he tended to all of those the transition from life to death to life again you stayed with him as he closed his eyes for the last time and you knew deep deep inside of your heart that you had found your purpose that that balance, that destruction that could breed life, that beauty in that which was thought to be ugly, you saw it. And as you're eating the mushrooms, you almost weep a little bit as you remember holding your friend's hand as he passed into the cycle. And you are filled with that glow of purpose yet again, something that you lost over the time that you were here. So Functionally, what this is, is this is almost like a hero's feast, except with some alterations on my part. So first of all, all of you are going to get 19 bonus hit points, not temporary hit points, bonus hit points, which means you are healed to 19 more and your cap is raised by 19 uh, for the duration of this, which is 24 hours. During this time frame, you are also immune to fear. You are immune to poison and you have resistant to psychic damage 
also, additionally, all of you at one point in time can use a point of inspiration because you all have it. now. That glow inside of you, that sense of purpose, that sense of camaraderie, that sense of love and family and purpose and memory fills you to that point where you are overflowing. And that is your inspiration. And it is at this point that Tatiana walks back in and says, well, I hope y'all enjoyed your meals. Yeah, I haven't had a meal like that in a long, long time. And she smiles and looks at all of you. Everybody else, it was, I hope it was good. It was excellent. Well, I'm cleaning myself, so I'm occupied. <laughs> you guys watching me like lick my paw, rub my face, lick my paw. Like, and I got a lot of blood on me because I was like just elbow deep in that thing, and I was not... Um, you know, I've also shook out some of the organs as I was eating them, so like, there's some spatter on the walls and floor. Yeah, and you see like a couple little imps come in, and they're they're starting to clean the floor and the walls up a little bit. However, there is nothing but a pile of bones now. Yeah, and and some like you know horns and and its feet stuff like that. Well, of course, the standard. And I guess I technically wouldn't have eaten the fur either, so there, that's also there. Then our lost in thought replies in uh, primordial in the kind of traditional. Thank you after. And in primordial back at you, she says, blessings upon you. You haven't heard anybody speak primordial in 150 years. And in that moment, it just kind of seemed natural. That would be the conversation. And she looks at all of you. Well, I know that the party's going to start again fairly soon. You got maybe an hour to do other things. We're all rooting for all of us. We think you can do this. We're about to find out. Oh, hey, I speak primordial. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so you would have heard that too, then. I turned to like, oh, you, you didn't. I didn't know you spoke primordial. Oh, I'm full of secrets, child. No, I'm talking to him. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know you spoke it either, but I mean, I had no reason to assume you didn't. He's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't know that you spoke it either. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time learning from giants. Most of them talk primordial or giant. I don't speak giant because giant is ugly, man. And while they're having this conversation, uh, Ron, I want you to make me a perception check, please. Okay, okay. Perception, perception. I'm going to say you're going to make it at advantage because you are used to w looking at people while they're in revelry. She got 23 on her first roll. Yeah, 23 yeah. is definitely going to do it. While they're talking, you see Tatiana's cleaning up, and uh, it's almost like a piece of her image slips, and you see one of her hands is slightly skeletal. The only other time you've seen something like this was when you were working with Hatterai at the Temple of Hell. Do I know what that indicates? It indicates a highly touched, highly prized servant or worshiper. If Hell has any kind of typical blessing or thing like that, then I would take a moment when she seems like she's done and maybe that to walk away. And I would, I would say that if there's like any kind of typical... Uh, like good luck or wish of I don't know. Yeah, you you utter one of the uh, the lower prayers is what they're called. They're essentially like, for lack of a better term, it's like in the same category as like grace, right? It's you know balance upon you and and things like that, like because that's all hell's that's her entire shtick. It's all about balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she, you know Tatiana turns around and gives you a, a exaggerated wink. Um, and it almost, it's almost conspiratorial. Everybody else is talking that you guys don't notice this. Uh, but she says in, in a voice that almost only you can hear, uh, balance upon you, child, balance upon you. 
and that's where we're going to end our game session. Uh, so I do want to thank everybody for playing in today's game. A little bit of a rocky start, though, so I apologize. Technology is always a little bit weird. Um, and I do want to thank everybody who joined us in live chat. Uh, and if you are listening to us, uh, the, the recorded session, thank you very much. Uh, I am going to throw it out there that Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast and efforts like this uh, can continue to happen as well as our site and our community. Uh, Blizzard Watch supporters get to enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast and shows like this, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Also, at the time of this recording, we are still celebrating our sixth anniversary as a website, which we could not be doing without you, our listeners, at the audience and at home. Uh, if you are interested in any of our swag, uh, you still have a couple days left to get some of the exclusive benefits uh, of ordering some of, I think it's any of our uh, Phoenix merchandise that we've had over the course of the six years. So take advantage of that while you can. Uh, if you are not a Patreon subscriber and you are listening to this later, consider donating to us. Uh, we are doing a little bit of a Patreon subscriber drive. Um, everything you can give us, even if it's just a dollar, it helps. It helps immensely and helps keep us going. And we understand that times are tight. And if you can't do that and you can support us in another way, we appreciate that as well. But I do want to thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I want to thank all of my players for uh, the weird, wonderful arena combat that they've gone through, uh, as well as I love the fact that Matt is just suspicious of everything, and it makes me very, very happy. Uh, but thank you very much, and we'll see you guys, well, I think it's going to be about a month from now. I'm a cat. <laughs>